1: brad show that's my open that's what they used to call me swivel hit bradford that's my open i'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion brad show that's delicious okay well i i am so honored to be Join here from Spectrum Health Systems by Captain Collins and Lisa Blanchard. Ladies, how are you? Very well. Yes, doing well so far. Oh, uh, we know how to use all kinds of technology now, <laughs> and this is but this is this is for the good, for the greater good. And Spectrum Health Systems it, it is such an important part of our society in, in in normal times, but I think especially now and in case. People want to get more familiarized with Spectrum Health Systems, a nonprofit organization dedicated to improving the lives of individuals impacted by addiction and or mental health disorders. And right the, what we're going through now is, is just, you know, there are so many levels to it. And it, whether it's the actual virus itself, or whether it's the economic part of this, but obviously then you have, the addiction part of it, the mental health disorder. We're sitting here in isolation. We have been for a while, and we probably will be going forward. Uh, ladies, I just want to just talk to you a little bit about how Spectrum has shifted everyday duties to help sort of mitigate the spread of, of COVID-19. Sure.
2: Um, and so, Kathy, I'll take take that one. Um, You know, so we've had to move very, very quickly uh, to respond to the changing environment, but still keep uh, treatment open, right? Still be available to those that need our services. Um, And so in our inpatient programs, we've had to add a lot of screening. Um, So for example, we actually put a trailer in, in our large Westboro campus that offers several inpatient programs to do screening before you even come into the building just to keep everybody safe, um, taking temperatures every day, taking temperatures throughout the day, you know, monitoring individuals, but doing everything we can to keep as many programs open as possible um, and keep it, the program staffed. And you know, so that's been certainly challenging on the inpatient side because our programs are um, you know, together. So it's congregate care, it's you know, shared bathrooms, shared rooms, shared common spaces. It's not set up like a hospital, so that presents its own unique challenges. So we've had to be very creative in separating out the individuals in our programs, having them even talk to their counselors from a different room, you know, spread people out, do more work outside when, you know, weather is better, uh, which, you know, it's not been great every day. Um, And in our outpatient programs, which we have 14 across the state, we have really had to make some significant changes because um, those programs predominantly offer medication assisted treatment and methadone being the uh, you know, most common treatment that we provide. And that's typically a daily medication. You typically come in every day, see a nurse, and receive your medication. That does not lend itself to social distancing and keeping everybody separate. Um, And so we've had to do a lot of work in our outpatient to make sure that individuals can get the care they need, get their medication, know maintain recovery or get into recovery but stay safe from COVID-19 at the same time um, which has been not um, an easy task but the staff have really done an unbelievable job so we were given some flexibility from both the federal and state regulations to offer more take-home medications than we normally would Um, and so we've had to assess all of our patients for um, whether they'd be appropriate under these circumstances to receive take home medication, which could be a few doses at a time to a week, two weeks, or even up to 28 days at a time. So they don't have to come into the program every day and be in an environment with other people. Um, And we have over 50% of our patients on some form of take home medication right now.
1: But Kathy, I want to get to uh, your story of recovery and, uh, and also sort of your take on, on how to really to, to deal with this self-isolation. But I want to follow up, Lisa, on some of the things that you said. Mm-hmm. You know, you, this is a lot. I mean, what you're talking about is a lot of stuff yes. and you've had to spring into action for some very, very important um, pieces of this entire equation. Like how challenging was that or, how, or maybe even how proud you are of the organization to come together like you did because, like everything, we've never gone through anything like this.
2: I honestly, I think that's a great way to say it. I could not be more proud of our leadership team, our chief medical officer for leading the charge, um, you know, our senior leadership, but really our program directors, our frontline staff. Everybody has really come together to respond immediately and quickly. Right, they're showing up to work even though it's a high risk environment. Just like you know, we've got nurses, we've you know that are working directly with with patients, and we've got clinicians that have shifted their entire clinical practice model to a telehealth model in the matter of days, um, and are doing that very well, so that we stay connected to the individuals that we treat because it is so isolating and you know kathy can certainly talk more about it from from her own experience but it's really very very challenging for for individuals everybody right we're all a little anxious um we're all feeling a little you know more depressed a little more isolated and you add layers of addiction and mental health to that it makes it even more challenging so We've had to meet every single day. We've had to change practices every single day as this, um, you know, pandemic evolves, and we're going to have to continue to do that.
1: Right. Kathy, uh, like we had talked about, you have a story to share, and I think it's obviously any time you're able to tell and share your story, it's it's impactful and powerful and important. But I think in these times, maybe even more so, um, because uh, of some of the things that you know that I can't relay in terms of this is how you should feel or this is how I did feel or this is how Mm -hmm. you're going to feel. Can you share a little bit about your story and sort of how uh, in recovery people can cope with what we're going through now with the quarantine and self-isolation?
3: Yeah, well, Lisa put it perfectly. It's really hard. Isolating in general is a hard thing to deal with and um, isolating is what I did. I've been in recovery now for 22 Plus years, I celebrated in um, March of this year. So um, little did I know what was about to hit. But um, I was isolating prior to getting sober. So my story is sort of isolation is very bad for me. That's what I did. I'd close the curtains and I'd sit and I would have my own little drink fest. And um, so getting connection was the most important thing. You know, when I decided I was done. I was able to talk to people and people, just like you said, who could relate exactly to what I was going through, you know, the feelings of hopelessness pretty much. So once I developed a connection with people and I would start going to recovery meetings, I was able to sort of get hope. I think I got hope from my very first uh, recovery meeting that I went to. And to me, that was the most important thing. So that's where today as Lisa said, like without having the ability to just go pop into any meeting, any sort of meeting, and connect with people is really, really hard. so now, much like we're doing a Zoom call here, um, Zoom is the way meetings of all sorts are taking place. Doesn't matter what type it is, um, all sorts, whether it's therapy or 12 step recovery meetings, they're all on Zoom. And it, that presents its own challenge as well because now, you know, Zoom is facing uh, Zoom bombing and uh, people are hacking in. And, you know, anonymity is such an important tool in being able to share how you're feeling and get well. So I guess isolating, I would say you can isolate, but you don't need to be alone. So I guess the greatest thing I ever got was hope, like it's gonna be okay. And um, that's, if I could impart anything at all, is that you know there are other people exactly like you. I know when I came, you know, and I decided to get well, and uh, put down drinking and drugging. My big thing was, I want to be unique. I'm so unique. There's no one like me in the whole world. In reality, there's so many people just like me. And um, we're not alone. And I think that's the biggest sort of message is we're not alone. And, you know, like, now is a perfect time to get connected with a program, you know, not all programs are open, but ours is and it's a perfect time to get well because what are we doing anyway? I think there's a lot of uh, excess drinking and drugging going on anyway. So I think, you know, hey, you might as well pick now as your time so that when we actually get back to a world that we can exist in again, then maybe you have a chance at being well and healthy. That you know, now's a great time to get well. Nothing else is really much happening.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's not easy. No, I mean, it's a great point. It's a great point about this time that we're going through. And and um it's it's two different things right where it's a great time because to get well, to take the time to use this time wisely to get well, but at the same time there's probably more of an influx of if if anybody was um, trying to whether they they had already recovered or were in recovery or or maybe didn't even know that they had a problem. this is a time that is', is going to push them to the to the place where you really don't want to go. Totally. Um, yeah. I mean, this is this is a this is a I mean, it, it, flat out it's a dangerous time for a lot of people in a lot of different ways.
3: I agree. And I mean, you could just look at social media and see the people and the jokes about like, hey, had it, thank God the package stores are essential. And I mean, of course they are because if you suddenly stop drinking, you would have a whole other set of problems. But I mean, they are essential for so many people for coping skills. I mean and that's you know that was my coping skill for a very very long time
1: so this uh, just to wrap things up from both of you um in a nutshell i would just ask you know advice i mean advice and i know that you've already give a lot of it but advice when it comes to it maybe can be specific advice um in regards to how to utilize spectrum health systems advice Maybe if people are just on their own, um, any advice that that you all can can give to people. I think this will go so far at this time, uh, where like we have already stated, it's such challenging times and such unique times, and people are trying to grasp onto any sort of advice they can. and And I think we're just particularly lucky to have both of you who are in position to to give this sort sort of advice. So Lisa. If you first could just give your your best piece of advice that you possibly can.
2: Yeah, I mean, to build on what Kathy was saying, you know, there's often a lot of barriers when somebody is deciding to enter treatment or not or deciding to take that next healthy step, right? It's like, okay, when this work project is done, when the kids are older, when, when this comes down, after this event, right, after this party, well, the world's kind of on pause right now, right? And so not that there's no barriers, not that there's certainly not, a lot of challenges related to triggers for use and, you know, anxiety, but a lot of those barriers on the why I shouldn't enter treatment now, um, you know, are in some ways mitigated, right? So, um, you know, now you may not be working, right? You may be able to enter inpatient care. Um, You may be able to walk into any one of our outpatients and start that connection because you're going to to need it, right? And so, you know, some of the, the other things that I worry a lot about during this isolation are not just relapse and exacerbated use, but, all of this isolation, you know, the opiate epidemic hasn't stopped. It hasn't changed. It's still extremely high risk. So every time somebody uses, especially with fentanyl involved, that's at high risk for overdose death, right? Which could be even more immediate and more high risk than COVID-19. And so, you know, and people are potentially using in isolation um, without anybody around them. Um, They're not using in groups. They're, um, you know, may not have somebody there with them for Narcan. So, you know, I think, you know, taking that step to enter treatment now, um, you know, show up to our admission days. um, We're doing them a little differently, but we are still doing them. You know, we're doing inpatient admissions as long and often as we can in as many programs as we can, uh, and, you know, now now is the, the time to do that because, you know, you don't want to be, you know, alone the next time that you use and have nobody near you, um, you know. And, and even if you're not ready at this moment or you're planning on, you know, coming to admissions, you know, next week, What you know, take, overdose prevention um, precautions, you know, have Narcan. There's apps out there that even in a, you know, physically distanced, right? Because I do like that term physically versus social distanced, Mm. you know, environment that you could say, okay, I'm about to use. Like there's actually apps that will do that and will notify contacts, you know, or just just stay in contact with people, even if it's electronically to try to stay safe.
1: Great advice. Kathy, what would be your... Um, And I know they've already relayed some really good information, but just in a nutshell, what would you sort of want to get the message out to people right now?
3: Well, just in a nutshell, is it's a scary thing to consider, changing your way of life, but it's so worth it that you would never, ever, ever regret it, ever. And um, you can just make a phone call to someone, anyone. You can call uh, the police department, the health department in your town, there are solutions. You can call Spectrum, and maybe you don't want to get treatment, but maybe you just want to know who to call we will help you get that as well. Like it's not just isolated to getting treatment. We can help you get in touch with people that are in programs, all sorts of things. So I would say also early in my recovery, I was all about books and reading books about, that gave me hope. And now, nowadays podcasts, like I'm addicted to podcasts. So it's like, there are a million solutions. You can spend all your time getting well by listening to podcasts. So it's like, I don't know how I would have survived if this happened in 1998. I'm sure I would have, but I probably might not have been on the journey that I'm on today. So I would say now is the most phenomenal time because we have this technology and we have people to help us. So and there's hope. That's my big message.
1: Absolutely, you're a pro because what a segue! Because this is going to be the podcast that everyone wants to listen to, (laughs) and really everybody should listen to. You know, forget about all the other podcasts that I've done. This is the one I I would plead people to, to listen to, because it's far more important than anything else that, you know, certainly I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, nice. I, and I appreciate you ladies for jumping on, uh, Lisa and Kathy, uh, Spectrum mm-hmm. Health Systems. Uh, keep up the good work. And, and maybe we can check back and, and keep sort of passing on some of this good advice, because it is so important.
3: Yeah. We love it. Thanks for having us. Thank All you
1: right. so much. All right. Well, thank you so much.
3: You're so welcome. Thank you for having us. Really, it is... It is an important message. Oh, tonight. it's,
1: it's a, and, and like I said, I mean, if we you know, if you want to check back in, you know, maybe next week or something like that, I think it's imp, it's an important thing to do because a lot of the things that you said, you know, resonate. I can tell you can resonate to to a lot of different people. So we could get the word out.
3: Great, thank you so much. All yes. right, all good right, stay you. in touch.
1: All right, thank you. Take care. Bye bye.